And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining me online is Robert Larson. He comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, Heather. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. A teenager sadly dies jumping off a cliff into Deep Creek, and this is something where he's not committing suicide, of course. It's just good springtime fun. Yeah, um, Deep Creek, it's interesting because I went hiking there myself um, the weekend before this one that just we're wrapping up here. Um, and it, it's I've heard about Deep Creek for years, and it's just one of these really interesting places in Southern California because we don't have a lot in the way of rivers and flowing water. And so this is one of those creeks that flows year round and it's not called deep Creek for no reason. It's actually pretty deep in some spots and it's mostly spring fed and there's actually a lot of hot springs out there. So there's a place called deep spring, hot springs, deep Creek hot springs where you can hike into, which I did. And that was really fun and nice. And it's like just this natural hot springs. It was real popular with hippies back in the day and it's still popular to this day. But there's other sections of deep Creek where there's not a hot springs, but there are deep pools of water where there are big rock cliffs where people like to jump off of those into the water. And I've done that kind of thing and it's, it's fun. And this spot here is, I've seen pictures of it and it looks a little sketchy. I probably wouldn't do any cliff jumping here, especially since the water is a little lower this year than it usually is. But kids are still doing it. And I think it's where they did this jumping. It's still about 15 feet deep, something like that. But they're jumping from like 40 or 50 feet up, which is, that's pretty high. <laughs> and so this kid jumped there uh, about a week or so ago and died. Now, they're not saying, they don't have a cause of death yet. It just, when he jumped, his friends noticed that he didn't come back up. So uh, I don't know if they had cell phone reception, were able to call 911, but they were able to get a helicopter out there pretty quickly with a diver who went into the water and pulled him out. And he was by this time dead. So they, they don't know if he hit his head on something or if he got uh, caught on something. But there's there's a thing that when you jump from that high up, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And sometimes just going at the wrong angle, even not doing a full belly flop or whatever, it just creates a lot of pressure on your head and you can actually get knocked unconscious. Yeah. And uh, you can be knocked unconscious where you would just wake up in a minute or so. Mm -hmm. But if you're underwater, that's not going to be a good thing. And they think that's possible would happen. So they're not really sure on the cause of death of how he didn't survive that. But he was just a teenager. It's, it's pretty sad. And But the um, Deep Creek, is a, it's a really amazing waterway. And it's like I said, we don't have a lot of interesting waterways in Southern California. So it's one of those places where I would encourage people to, to get out there and, and hike. But... Uh, probably to lay off of the cliff jumping this year with the water being a bit low until they figure out what happened with this kid. Yeah. I, mm. my own personal preference would be if I'm jumping off a 40 foot, um, surface, I would at least hope and want the, the area below me to be at least 30 feet deep. Yeah. It, it, it you'd want it to be pretty deep. Uh, I would say at least 20, but yeah, 30 would be safer. And it's, um, 
Yeah, the water is it's not totally clear there either. And so you're not sure. They say, oh, you could have jumped there like a month ago and it was fine. But during that intervening time, there could have been some type of landslide. And there's like a big boulder right where you're jumping that now, instead of being 30 feet deep, is only, you know, 15 feet deep. Yeah, exactly. In a, or a branch or something. So you you kind of want to be able to really scope it out and to, <laughs> I know when I go, I always, <laughs> I always wait till someone else jumps before I do. And uh, hopefully they are jumping based on, they saw someone jump there <laughs> earlier that day and I'm not making them be the guinea pig, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to be the first one. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Unless if I the, can't see the bottom. Well, unless a tour guide does it, then then I think it's fair game. Yeah, but anyways, Deep Creek, it's out uh, near Hesperia, Apple Valley. I, I would recommend it, but I would say to not do any rock jumping in the uh, that area at this time of year, this, this year. Yeah, and we also have a, a, a tragic story here. This one's really tragic and just really random at the same time. A man was walking around the 215 freeway. He crosses all lanes of traffic on foot to attack people in a disabled car. The guy stabbed a baby and then set the victim's belongings on fire for no apparent reason. And you were saying that there's a weird weapon in this attack to top it all off. Yeah, we have this kind of ongoing thing here of uh, violent crimes in the IE committed with weird weapons. And in, in this case, it was just a plastic shard so these people were driving this uh <clears throat> mazda and it breaks down i think it had a flat tire and they were on the side of the road and this guy was just a, a pedestrian on the other side of the freeway and just being a pedestrian on the freeway already is a little questionable unless your car is broken down you have no reason to be walking along the freeway no it's not, not at a smart all. thing to do so this guy sees them pulled over runs across all lanes, you know, both sides of the freeway and uh, survives that and then uh, just does this weird random attack and it for no reason wasn't trying to rob them or didn't know them as far as we can tell. And it was just like completely psychotic and, and pounds in the window. There was an 18 month old baby and he starts stabbing this kid with this sharp shard of plastic that was from a broken, uh, one of those, I think, cone bumper things that separate lane, lanes of traffic, the bigger ones that are little round things, and it was just a broken one. Yeah. So a shard of plastic. Anyway, he, he's stabbing the kid, and so the people then jump out of the car and try to subdue him, and he's stabbing at them and sliced a couple of them, and uh, they finally were able to call 911 and get him away from the car and the police were on their way and in the meantime this crazy guy had taken all of this had taken some of their belongings out of the car and was just setting them on fire on the side of the road why would you be doing that it makes no sense at all and uh so the only thing you can come up with is that this guy was either just psychotic or on some really bad drugs and sort of like bath salts and crocodile <laughs> and some of these things come to mind uh, you, know, you know, there always seems to be some super weird violence and nudity and cannibalism involved with those weird drugs. No cannibalism or nudity here, but just a very violent, unprovoked attack. 
And so he's been uh, charged. He, they had to taser him. They, he was fighting the police, and it seemed like a situation where this guy needed to be tasered. Uh, we know that that's abused by the police a lot, but this guy sounds like he was completely out of control. And his name's Nicholas Lopez Garcia, 44 years old, and he's been charged. He pled not guilty. If he is found guilty, he could be uh, sentenced to 25 years to life, which sounds about right for stabbing a baby. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. And they, the baby is going to be okay. I mean, probably, obviously traumatized. And the, the other people that were fighting this guy off suffered some lacerations. All were taken to the hospital, and none of the none of it was life threatening. So, and it's weird, this random crazy guy running across the freeway attacking people, there's another story, this was on, and that happened on, it was on the 215 freeway near, um, uh, was it near Menifee? Yeah, I think it was near Menifee, but anyway, there's another story, this was on the 210 freeway near San Bernardino, and a guy just gets out of his car, and his car was stopped, I don't know if the traffic was heavy on his side or whatever, he got out, and then he just runs across the freeway and somebody hits him and kills him. And no, there just doesn't seem to be any reason why he was out of his car, you know, running across the freeway. It made no sense. I don't know, maybe there's something in the water or something in the air causing people to abandon their cars or to just run across freeways and do crazy things. Let's hope this is the last incident of this. Yeah, I was just kind of curious, if you had to go from your gut, what do you think is more popular in the Inland Empire, bath salts or meth? Oh, uh, meth. I mean, bath salts is still a pretty um, kind of obscure thing i mean it seems like big in florida where everything that seems crazy is big in florida but because uh, i mean crystal meth is one of those drugs that you can do you know a couple times and you're gonna be fine you might destroy a few brain cells but it's it's the people that really get screwed up from that is when they become addicted but bath salts you just do that one time and you can have this totally like psychotic episode and and it's just I don't. I just just don't get it. Why anybody having any clue about what that drug is would do it? Yeah. So note to self: uh, do not take bath salts. Um, so <laughs> the city of San Jacinto fails to pass a very meager tax on utilities, and so they had the city coffers are woefully inadequate. So what happens next? That's a good question. You and I have talked about this before because this is the second time. This happened uh, in the regular 2014 election. I think it was to 2014. They had it on the ballot, and it was like, okay, we want to have a 6.5% tax increase. I think this would have been on a, a utility sort of surcharge because the city is really hurting for money, and they, they are having to cut back on, you would think, necessary uh, safety services police and fire and they had to close some parks like they did in menifee remember that one mm -hmm. so anyway yeah they had to do all that and so they're like we need some money and i i'm did not any specific thing happening that i know of i think it's just a hangover from the great recession and that their tax revenues just haven't gone back up to where they were say in 2007 so they're looking for certain ways and you would think a small surcharge on your ut utilities would not be that bad 
considering it'll mean that you'll still have police and fire protection. But I guess the voters didn't want to go for it. When they did the, the proposed 6.5% tax back in November's general election, it almost passed. It was rejected by 52% of the voters. So mm. that means 48% voted for. But this one, where it was a mail-in ballot, where the turnout is really low, um, it was a pretty big margin that voted against the tax increase, which was actually a lower tax, 5% compared to 6.5. And so the the final tally was 2,155 no votes to 1,406 yes votes. And if you look at that grand total of votes, that's not very many, like 3,500 votes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the city has 15,000 registered voters. It's a pretty small town. Still, um, when you don't get out to vote, uh, bad you can't things really happen. Have much. Yeah, and but I don't know. I mean, maybe people think they already pay way too much tax in San Jacinto, and that may be the case. But it's like if you're not going to have police and fire protection. Don't be bitching about that down the road when you wouldn't vote for a very meager tax increase. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll leave off with Lake Elsinore because Lake Elsinore is awesome. They, Lake Elsinore lifted their swimming band and also cleans up a weird abandoned military academy. Yeah, uh, first of all, I didn't know there was a swimming band at Elsinore. I just assumed people voluntarily didn't want to swim in there yeah that's um, that's what's kept me out of the water but yeah okay. i mean i i don't it isn't a horribly polluted lake it just doesn't look real it just looks kind of murky and all and it does not look uh, inviting i think is yeah, yeah yeah it's not like crystal clear water or anything like that but i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't have a problem myself wading in it i i probably wouldn't want to... when you said crystal clear no this has been a Oh, when you said crystal clear water, I was thinking of like Arrowhead Water featuring like Elsinore for one of their ads. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So go on. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, yeah. It, it's just I wouldn't want to go in there, but I I had no idea that it was actually outlawed and has been for decades. But they're thinking of lifting the ban. Uh, they the council voted five to zero to uh, remove the restriction, but I guess it still has to pass some other hurdle before it officially goes into place. And I get, you know, they have to confirm it with a second vote. That's just the way they have their bylaws are. But anyway, um, well, why is it now? Okay. Why are the, it, what was the reason for the ban going into effect in the first place? And why is that now not a factor? I'm curious about that. Is was it just, um, I don't know, emotional at the time people thought it was ugly or whatever. And now they don't. But anyway, that's the case. And well, the other so, weird thing is that now that I'm thinking about it more, I would have swear, sworn that I've seen people with wet jet skis popping out of the lake with a, a trailer. So, like, if you're in, you know, if you fall off a jet ski, of course, you're gonna, you're in the lake. So that, I, yeah, God, that make, I don't, I thought. Well, I, I think, I think what the swimming is like swimming from the shore. Oh. I think that's what they mean. And Maybe you could go are... out on a jet ski, and if you happen to go in the water off your jet ski, that's okay. But you're not just allowed to swim around from the shore. I don't know, you know. But well, it, that it's could a be because they they don't want somebody to end up in the bros like propeller blade. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's weird. I have to look into this a little more. But it, um, I, I as a kid, I I went there. 
this would have been in the seventies and we, uh, we went water skiing, we went with some friends and we went, we were swimming and water skiing and nobody, it, it was allowed then. Anyway, um, the, the other thing, <laughs> no, to- else, no well, tumors are strange growth. So we, yeah, we, we I seem to be relatively okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of the three eyed fish from the Simpsons. Yeah, that that's talk- kind of what I was thinking too. <laughs> so, um, this uh, military academy, this is like this kind of weird landmark in Elsinore in, uh, it's abandoned building. I'm very intrigued by abandoned buildings, as are a lot of people. And this is this kind of big, intriguing structure that was built in the 1920s and has been abandoned since the 1970s. And it's just all kind of creepy looking and kids go there at night and tell scary stories and talk about it being haunted and um, they graffiti all over. And it's to the city's eyes an eyesore. And, um, but it was built in the 1920s, as I said, and it was as the Southern California Athletic Country Club. And this is when um, Elsinore was considered a resort destination. And a lot of the Hollywood elite would go there to get away. And so it made sense then. But also uh, in the the 20s, we were, we were in the Depression. And so there was some financial troubles. And the guys that were building it uh, never really got it off the ground. And then they eventually went bankrupt in 29, as a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. And it, so in 1933, this, this building was taken over by a couple of military guys. And they set up a naval and military school for boys which those kind of things were popular back in the day and a lot of the uh, wealthy la families and hollywood movie stars would send their boys there and it functioned for a while but then it closed in the 70s and then it's just been in this abandoned state so the city recently has decided they they don't like it but they it's privately owned and the owners don't have any plans to refurbish it and turn it into something nice and the city can't do that, and they uh, they can't. I guess they are not able to condemn it. I don't know if they want to anyway, so they can't tear it down. And uh, so they want to kind of clean it up, <laughs> I guess, with the okay of the owners. So they all the graffiti they took off, and then they had graffiti artists do more like planned graffiti, not gang tagging or anything <laughs> like that. So our, you know quote-unquote artistic tagging uh-huh. or artistic graffiti and so they did that and then they had the abandoned swimming pool that was filled with debris and weird tagging and had kids come in and paint like sea animals and things and it's pretty nice but i would like to see this either left in its weird abandoned state so kids could go there and scare themselves telling ghost stories or to have it fully refurbished and turned into a community center or something nice like that for the people of Elsinore. It would be great if they had a community pool at the very least, but yeah, so it's, um, but it's worth checking out next time you're out in the area, Heather, maybe we could uh, stop by and have a look at this weird structure. That's just been abandoned since the seventies. Yeah. We didn't do get to do that last time we re- I visited out there. Um, so Robert Larson, he comes to us from the other side of the Cleveland national forest And thanks for being on the show as always. It's my pleasure. And of course, you're listening to The Heather McCoy Show.